I'm glad to see those that are here today. Obviously, I wouldn't see those that aren't here today, but welcome. And um, we're glad that you are joining us uh, in our live stream. And on the camera is my youngest son, David, and he's doing a good job, I think, in, you know, a fair to middling job. So, and uh, the one thing about uh, that microphone on there is it does pick up uh, ambient sounds and conversations and all of those things uh, before the uh, uh, service. And so what David has done is he stopped it until just before we get started here. Um, <laughs> so everyone sitting on this side, watch what you say. <laughs> um, well, welcome. And here we go into, uh, I don't know how many weeks of, of this uh, pandemic and our um, isolation and so forth. I hope you are well. Those that are watching, I hope that you are being contacted by people and that you're reaching out as well. Never forget the power of a handwritten note. Uh, it is a lost art, but it is uh, a welcome thing, a comforting thing, and we are doing it at our, uh, uh, from our office here at church, and I know you are too, and uh, so keep up the good work with that. Also, an announcement to make is that there are some that are um, homebound at risk and are not getting out, and I am able to make, if you want, a home visit to bring you the Eucharist. And, <clears throat> excuse me, if that is something that you desire, please call um, Ashley in the office, and she will set up a time and appointment, and I will come. Uh, with a mask and the elements, and everything will be as sterile as we can do, um, and I can bring you the Eucharist at home. And so if that is something that you yourselves would like, or you know somebody, won't you please uh, contact us and let us, let us know. So without further ado, we will start with the opening of our service this morning with Praise to the Lord the Almighty by Fernando Ortega. So praise Him for His Thy health and salvation. All ye who hear, now to His temple draw near. Join me in glad adoration. Praise to the Lord who wore Shelters thee under his wings, yes, so gently sustaineth. Hast thou not seen how all thy longings have been granted in what he ordained? Thy work and defend thee. 
secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take a moment for a silent reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most, Most merciful. merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. As your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are His. This is a feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Singing with all the people of God and joy. Almighty and everlasting Father, you give your children many blessings, even though we are undeserving. In every trial and temptation, grant us steadfast confidence in your loving kindness and mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first scripture reading this morning is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 56, verses 1 through verses 6, 
verses 1 and verses 6 through 8, and this can be found on page 1149 in your pew Bible. As you know, Isaiah wrote many prophecies, which all came true. These ones we read today have to do with forecasting the coming of God's final kingdom. This is what the Lord says. Maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand, and my righteousness will soon be revealed. And foreigners will bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants. All who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it and who hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. The sovereign Lord declares, he who gathers the exiles of Israel I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. Next, we will read Psalm 67 responsibly, and it's printed in your bulletin. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 11, verses 1 through 2, and then 13 through 15, and again 28 through 32. And these readings can be found on page 1761 in your pew Bible. Paul is speaking about how God's disciplining the Israelites who continually drifted away from him, how that opened the door to saving grace of Gentiles. I ask then, did God reject his people? By no means, I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people whom he foreknew. Don't you know what scripture says in this passage about Elijah, how he appealed to God against Israel? I am talking to you Gentiles, and as much as I am the apostle to the Gentiles, I take pride in my ministry in the hope that I may somehow arise my own people to envy and save some of them. For if their rejection brought reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies for your sake. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. 
Just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, so they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, from the 15th chapter, Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 through 28, and can be found on page 1522 of the Pew Bible. Matthew 15, 21 through 28. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. And he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. The account of the Canaanite woman that we heard in today's gospel is one of my favorite accounts in the Bible. In seven short verses, there are all sorts of twists and turns. You see, at first, Jesus, he seems to act very much out of character. He, he actually ignores this woman who needs help. And then, <clears throat> then he insults her. 
Nevertheless, she keeps on coming, and suddenly there is this, this twist, and we see the method of the master. And then it all makes sense in a wonderful and unexpected way. So let's set the scene here. Last week's gospel told how Jesus and his disciples returned to the western shores of the Sea of Galilee. Do you remember? That was after Jesus had fed the 5,000. And, and after they had landed, Jesus continued his healing ministry. And once again, the healing ministry raised all kinds of attention. And whenever Jesus got a lot of attention, the local Jerusalem chapter of scribes and Pharisees seemed to show up to give Jesus a hard time. People talked. Today's gospel tells us that Jesus left this area and he headed north over the border of Galilee into the Gentile countryside near the Mediterranean sea towns of Tyre and Sidon. Now, at this point, you know, I wonder why, why did they go there, and, and could it be? Could it be that the master's method was such that the only way that he could go anywhere and have time in ministry and his disciples to learn away from the drama of the scribes and the Pharisees was to go where all the Gentiles were? Could it be that? We don't know because it's not written that way, and I'm in danger of being a theologian of glory trying to figure out why he did something, but I'm just curious. So there they go. When you are in a Gentile area, you can expect to meet Gentiles. Sure enough, a Canaanite woman approached Jesus for help. And although she is a Canaanite, her cry for mercy is a it really is an incredible expression of faith. She says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. So let me take a minute to examine her beautiful words. First off, she, she began with the words that we know as the Kyrie. That is, Lord, have mercy. Your response, Lord, have mercy, right? The Kyrie, these words are a cry to the Lord for help, a cry to the Lord for strength. And in ancient times, the crowds would shout, Lord, have mercy, as the king entered the town. And today, the church has taken over this prayer to greet its king, Jesus Christ, and so we Christians expect help. We expect help from our Savior, okay? So these words show that this woman recognized Jesus as royalty, who had the power and authority to help her in her time of need. And then she referred to Jesus as the son of David, 
With these words, she confessed her faith that Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one of God. With these words, she demonstrated that she has a better handle on who Jesus is than most of the people that encountered Jesus down south in Galilee. Amazing. A Canaanite woman, a Gentile, knew, could see, expressed out loud with words who Jesus was. This Canaanite woman has given us a most beautiful way to begin a prayer in the time of our need, and that is, Lord, have mercy. Now, after the woman confessed her faith, she stated her problem. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Now, notice this, that she simply stated her concern to Jesus. She did not tell Jesus what to do about the situation. Instead, she trusted in Jesus, that he would come up with a solution that was best for her daughter and for her. Okay, so right there, we can learn a lot from this woman. When we ask for God's help, how often do we dictate to God to tell him exactly how he should help us? Instead of relying on the infinite knowledge and perfect wisdom of God. We often tell God exactly how and when he has to help us. For example, Lord, give me patience now. You're laughing, so you've done it too, right? Okay, good. This woman simply expressed what was on her mind and simply relied on Jesus for the best answer to her prayer. So, how did Jesus respond to this marvelous prayer? He did nothing. He ignored her. This is one of those times that puzzles the reader from our Western culture. Just a few paragraphs earlier, we read about the feeding of the 5,000. And in that account, Jesus had compassion. That's the Jesus that we remember. We like to read about the Jesus with compassion. Who is this Jesus who ignores this woman in her need? Especially when she prays such a beautiful prayer. Well, actually for the moment, Jesus was acting as the culture in his day expected him to act. This woman was, after all, a Gentile, and she was, well, she's a woman. And in the culture of that day and at that place, these were two excellent reasons for Jesus to ignore this woman. The only thing that this woman would not do, and that was she would not give up. Although Matthew only records the words of the woman's prayer once, we know because he makes it clear that she repeated these words continuously. How do we know that? Well, the constant reputation started to get on the disciples' nerves. 
And they prayed. They began to pray for that woman, but their prayers were kind of selfish. They said, give the woman what she wants so she'll leave us alone. Wow. Get her to stop bothering us. And Jesus rebuffed his disciples. He rebuffed their request with these words. He said this, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And, and this is shocking to the 21st century American ears. But at that time, when Matthew recorded this account, this reply would seem perfectly normal. Keep in mind, all the people who made the Apostle Paul's life miserable by insisting that a person had to become Jewish before they could become a Christian, the Judaizers, right? They were putting limits. It was Jesus plus, right, becoming a Jew. It is possible and it is probable that many who heard this gospel the first time that it was read, they believed this. But one of the many themes in Matthew's account is the theme that the gospel is both for Jew and Gentile alike. You do not have to be a Jew before you can become a Christian. So no doubt the woman overheard Jesus as he rebuffed the disciples. And instead of giving up, she dropped to her knees before Jesus and continued to pray to him. In fact, it's likely that she was blocking his path. And finally, Jesus spoke directly to the woman. He says this, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you hear that? He, he really went there. He, he called this woman a dog. And let me tell you this, it was just as insulting back then as it is today. Now, a lot of preachers have bent the Scripture almost to the breaking point to try to take some sting out of this because we don't like to think of our Jesus uh, as saying something rude like that. They will say things like, what Jesus meant was that she was like a cute little dog or she was like the family pet, if you will. But that just doesn't work. It, it, it can't be done that way. Jesus said that, that she was a dog, because the woman was a Gentile. And at the culture of that time, she was a dog. Now, our culture today is really quick to take offense, aren't we? Over almost anything. So we hear, I don't like that. That bothers me. That offends me. I disagree with that. You are just a hater. And so forth. And how would a woman in today's Western culture respond if Jesus called her a dog? It sounds like a good excuse for a lawsuit to me. Or maybe in what we have now as cancel, cancel culture. You know, maybe they try to terminate Jesus' ministry or even take his life. Oh, wait. They did, didn't they? He was an offense. Nevertheless, how did the woman respond to the gospel today? 
She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Yes, Lord, she says. If Jesus says that I am a dog, then I'm a dog. Whatever Jesus says, hear me now. Whatever Jesus says, no matter how offensive or ridiculous it is, it is the truth. If Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, that's the truth. If Jesus says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance, then that is the truth. You see, when Jesus describes us using terms that are offensive to our ears, he is saying that we are qualified to receive his salvation. The Apostle Paul demonstrates his understanding of this when he wrote to Timothy. He said in Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.15, he says, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Chief of all sinners, some translations say. So here is the Apostle Paul doing the same thing that the woman did. If Jesus says, I am a dog, then I'm a dog. If Jesus says, I am a sinner, then I'm a sinner. Christ died for those who would normally be an offense to God. The comfort in knowing that you are a sinful dog is knowing that Christ died for you. Jesus answered the woman, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed immediately. If this were to take place in modern times, I could just see, well, he wouldn't do this, but it's kind of fun to think about. I could see Jesus doing a fist bump or saying, yes, right? Sorry, Lord. But that's the part I love. He comes through. We see that this whole exercise has been to contrast the faith of this woman who admitted that she was a sinful dog with the unbelief of the scribes and the Pharisees who thought that they were righteous. That's the stumbling block. They thought they were righteous. This woman knew she was not. Here in this gospel account, we see that it is those who admit that they are offensive before the Lord, those who confess that they are poor, miserable sinners, those who confess that they deserve temporal and eternal punishment, those who confess that they love themselves more than they love God, those who confess that they exploit their neighbors whom they should love, it is these who receive healing forgiveness that the Lord earned for them with his holy life. He earned it for them in his innocent suffering and death 
on the cross. Christ and him crucified. These are the ones who know that the resurrection of our Lord carries the promise that they too shall rise from the dead and live a new life with him forever. Within the greater context of Matthew, the Canaanite woman in today's gospel is such a contrast to the scribes and the Pharisees who gave Jesus such grief. What a condemnation it is for the educated elite of Jerusalem that they rejected the gift, the gift of faith that the Holy Spirit gave to the Canaanite woman. What a blessing that this gift of faith is to all who believe. What a strange and marvelous God we have that even though, even though we confess that we are offensive, sinful dogs before him, our God will call us his children. And he reserves a seat for us at his table as his children. And we shall rejoice forever in the presence of God the Father and of God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus knows our every need. 
Please stand. Let us confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray to the Lord for all that we need on behalf of all people that he may bestow upon us the riches of his grace and that we may receive his gifts with faith and thanksgiving in our hearts. Father, we pray to you, Lord, have mercy for true unity in the faith, for the preservation of pure doctrine, for harmony in the lives of our congregation, and for charitable hearts that put the best construction on what we see and hear. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those outside the kingdom, for missionaries near and far, for the ministries and agencies of our church whereby the gospel is spoken to those who have not heard, and for those who hear, that they may be brought into faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all pastors and church workers, for those preparing for full-time church work, and for those considering church work vocations, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. 
for all families, for husbands and wives to live in faithfulness to each other, for all mothers with child, for all children, and for those who bring them to baptism and nurture them in the faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our president, the Congress, our governor, all elected and appointed leaders, all judges and magistrates, the members of the armed forces and our police, our firefighters and emergency medical personnel in their duties to protect, protect and serve us. Let us pray to the Lord. For the healing of the sick, the relief of the suffering, and the comfort of the grieving, and the peace of the dying. For those that we know and name in our hearts and those out loud, Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy assembly and for our communion upon the Lord's body and blood, and for us to bear in our lives the fruits of the Spirit and do the good works for which we were created, let us pray to the Lord. For all honest work and occupations, for our good use of the first fruits of our labors, for generosity for those in need, and for the tithes and offerings that accompany our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Let us pray to the Lord. For our remembrance of the saints and in thanksgiving for their faithful witness, that at last we may be joined with them in your eternal presence, let us pray to the Lord. And Lord, Lord God, giver of all that is good, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your grace that we may endure the changes and chances of this mortal life and be found worthy when our Savior comes to bring to completion all things. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace responsibly and from a distance. Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord, Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death in the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us 
the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread, and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And we will um, serve communion to um, those that are here after our service, so you may be seated. Um, communion is for all who confess Christ as Lord and Savior uh, with their lips, and I've heard you say that even though there are masks on. And um, so the table is prepared for you, and uh, you will be invited up uh, after the service uh, by the ushers.
ask you to stand one more time, please. Jesus and his words, the master's method, can be offensive to those that deny that they are in sin. And we open our service in the morning with, if we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us, don't we? Yeah? And so those words are offensive. But to those that know that compared to Christ, they're a dog, they're a sinner, well, that's comforting because that qualifies us. He sees us as the ones he came to rescue. And through your baptism and through Holy Communion, you are his child. You've been given the power to be called the child of God because of what he did, what he did for all of you, all who would believe on that cross. That's why we preach Christ and him crucified. Not Christ and him crucified plus the really nice things that I say or do or what have you. Christ and him crucified, period. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Aaron's blessing is our closing hymn. May God bless you. Let us go in peace and serve the Lord.